to you by the Parthenon Podcast Group. Find your favorite music podcasts only on Parthenon. This week, find 84 shows discussing Bruce Dickinson not liking weed. Or find your favorite new podcast, How About Twins, where hosts Jan and Michael discuss the entire catalog of the Thompson Twins and the Cockatoo Twins. Find out the minutiae behind all of the songs in their catalog. Only here on Parthenon Podcasts. Welcome to episode 302 of the Signals from Mars podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And for today's episode, we have three of my patrons, Johan from Sweden and Ferguson from Kentucky. And we have Jeremy Weltman in the UK joining me for a roughly hour music discussion. discussion. It's a lot of fun always to talk to them. And I hope you guys enjoy enjoy our discussion. I'm ready. Let's do it. If you're new to the show, just so that you're aware, I'm a big fan of talking to different people about music. On this episode, we have Johan from Sweden, and we have Jeremy from the UK, close to Manchester. And why I love talking to people about music, about hard rock and metal, is that no two stories are alike. And you'll find that from these discussions, how we came across certain bands in the States isn't the same way that someone in another part of the world, um, how they were introduced to a band. And that's the cool thing about my patrons. They're all over the world. So there's all types of different stories like this. And it's really neat to hear how a band maybe a huge band to us, but maybe to someone that grew up in, let's say the UK, sure. Iron Maiden is even bigger, but also seeing them rise is completely different to how we interpreted this in the U S. So to me, it's awesome to get those types of things out of people and, and discuss um, just different topics in general. Today, we're going to discuss a few different bands, namely Skid Row, Lacuna Coil, Alter Bridge, Motley Crue. We'll also touch upon Bloodstock 2023 and Iron Maiden's 2023 European tour being called the Future Past Tour. So all things that really excite us. And just so you know, to become part of this episode, part of upcoming episodes, like this. All you got to do is become a patron. You can do so for as little as two bucks a month. Try it out for a month. If it isn't something that you like, just bail. Plenty of videos that I post every day, post various questions throughout the week. We do, uh, what are you listening to lately? Which gets a lot of feedback, a bunch of other polls and things that I post up there. Uh, if you're looking for new music, You got new music every day. You don't have to wait for a podcast to release something, you know, maybe once a week or once every so many weeks. I got you covered every single day. There's at least three videos that are going up. They're from new bands you don't know of, bands that uh, you may know of, but that didn't know was still recording stuff. So, um, yeah. And uh, if you've checked me out on things like Decibel Geek Podcast recently, some of the bands that I discussed got them directly from the material that I post up there on Patreon. I do want to send a quick shout out to all my patrons. I'm going to go newest to oldest on the way that it appears or based on the way that it appears within Patreon. So we have Chris Sinzak from Despo Geek Podcast. We have Antoni Espin, second person from Spain. We have Gene Eugene DX up in the Canada. <laughs> Up in British Columbia, if I'm not mistaken. 
We have Anthony Mackey in Ireland. We have Ed Ferguson in Kentucky, who will be featured on an upcoming episode. Uh, we have Johan Edistrom, uh, who is up in Sweden. We have Metal Dan out in California. We have Jose in Connecticut. We have Chris Vaglio from the Chris and Amanda show. And we have the metal dentist Gabriel Ruiz, both from New Jersey, both in New Jersey. Uh, we have Dr. Poison, Mr. Brad Dahl, Mr. Yarg Metal himself, yargmetal.com from Utah, Brad Dahl. We have our Mike Jones, also in New Jersey. We have Jeremy Weltman, who's featured during this episode up, uh, up in the UK. We have Twisted Steve Hoker, the Hokenator. Almost said both at the same time, sorry. And we have Steven Saylor over in Pennsylvania. Thank, I want to thank all of you guys for all of your support. It means a lot to me. And I want to thank all of you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, this was originally recorded on October 14th, 2022. Uh, it was the first hour of the show, the only hour of the show, to be honest. Uh, there was an interview that fell through that I was going to play after uh, that you'll actually be hearing on the next episode, 303 with Michael Wilton. But uh, anyway, thank you guys for listening to this episode. I really appreciate it. If you can join us live, that's great. If you only want to listen to the replay or watch a replay up on YouTube, that's awesome too. Thank you, because I know there's a million other things you can be checking out, but you decide to spend your time with me and the rest of us here listening to this. So yeah, so thank you very much. It is greatly appreciated. In any event, let's get on with our show. Welcome one and all to the October 14th edition of the Signals from Mars live stream. I'm your host, Victor. Joining me above, we have Jeremy and Hi. we have Johan. How is everyone tonight? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Yes. Cool. So uh, another interesting week. In hard rock, metal, new releases today. A bunch of really cool new albums came out. Um, the main ones, I would say, I mean, depending on what's your opinion of this band, uh, there's a new Red Hot Chili Peppers album today, the second one this year. There's a new Skid Row album that came out, new Lacuna Coil, which is uh, Kamali's XX, Connolly's 20, 20th anniversary of that release, uh, New Alter Bridge, and Orianthi. I would say are probably the, the biggest releases. Poppy released an EP that I need to listen to. A bunch of interesting reissues as well. Um, Trouble and, and POD, and uh, a compilation from the band Gun as well. So. Uh, there's always good music to be had on a weekly basis. So, and if you're not, if if you're still saying that there's no good music anymore, then you're not trying hard enough to find it. But anyway, um, have any of you guys had a chance to listen to anything that's come out today? Anything of these, any of these albums interest you guys to check out? Johan, anything that interests you at all out of these or, or that you've listened to? Uh, uh, actually, today I haven't done my homework, so I was hoping oh, okay. to, to listen to you guys and see what uh, you have to say about uh, these albums because, uh, no, I haven't had the chance. So sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Bad. Bad. That's okay. We still love you, Johan. That's okay. <laughs> Jeremy, have you had a chance to listen to uh, anything today? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I heard quite a few. I listened to the Alter Bridge album uh, while I was working today. Um, and I heard that one. And I listened to the Skid Row album. Um, 
Uh, and I also uh, an album this evening, uh, which what well, you didn't mention, but I'd like to mention later on. And um, so there were the four. Uh, of those, I uh, well, I liked all four. I mean, let's face it, it was all nice to hear, you know, some good new music. The Alter Bridge album, if I could just take that first. Um, I'm not a massive, I like some of the riffs on it. I like some of the songs. Um, I'm not a massive fan of probably yourself. Um, I, you know, I, I sort of suffer him a bit when he's playing. I find that the Alter Bridge songs are and not as good as the slash songs overall, so you know it was it was a you know it was a decent enough listen. Uh, it's not something I'd buy, but, but it's you know as the Skid Row album um, was exactly as you, you kind of mentioned last week. Old school rock. It's um, it's nothing new to your ears, but it sounds oh, there's a few decent songs on there. It's something. That that you can sort of play in the background. It's decent, sort of hard rock. Um, the the Orianthi album I thought was really good. I, yeah, a really uh, cohesive album. I thought it, you know, it sort of fit together nicely. I thought range to the songs. I I've never been a massive fan of her in the past. Um, not really listened to her properly. I've seen her live with uh, Richie Sambora. At Download Festival, uh, she's also a very good singer, and of course, obviously, she looks good. So she's got the three things into a superstar. Um, but I wish sometimes she'd just play a guitar on this on this particular. Let it go, like she did on one or two of the songs, uh, mm -hmm. because she's really got it uh, guitar wise. It's just good. Uh, and then finally, um, the Perfect Plan album. Uh, that they're really good. they're a little bit like Europe, but they don't have the quite the songwriting ability that Europe have. Good, mm -hmm. and uh, Kent Hilly, the singer, is a really, really good singer, and and it's a very enjoyable. Thing. It's not quite up to that level. It's not quite up to the Europe level. So you know, they're a decent band, and obviously, yeah, from from Johan's country there, so he'll be proud of that. How, Johan, perfect plan. Uh, how well known are they in Sweden? Uh, sorry to say, they are they are not so well known. Okay. Uh, perhaps among the among the metal community, but no, not the band that you perhaps uh, see play. Uh, or hear about in their community. No, no. Here in Sweden, no. Not the biggest. Okay. But, I mean, is the name of the band, the name Perfect Plan, is it something that you recognize that you see, like, on uh, music sites or that you see um, in publications or anything like that or just really never mentioned anywhere? Sorry to say, but I I have seen them, but not so very often. But okay. perhaps I am not the perfect, uh, uh, you know. Perhaps I'm not the perfect guy to tell you if. But no, I haven't seen them, and I read Blabbermouth and I read the Metal News, but no, no. Okay. And not here in Sweden, no. Okay. So I mean, sorry to say. Yeah, and there's so many bands that you guys have. I mean, that's one of the things where it's kind of the opposite with a lot of other countries where in Sweden, in Finland, in most of Scandinavia, rock music is still being pushed. So maybe Perfect Plan is just one of thousands of bands that are doing similar things. And uh, like Jeremy has said, you know, they're... If if they're doing, you know, if if they're doing something similar to Europe, 
Europe is one of the biggest bands to come out of Sweden. So if people are seeing them as a second, as a second rate Europe, then maybe they're not going to pay that much attention and they'll just go directly to Europe. I, you know, we have a lot of bands and Sweden and Scandinavia is just a small market and mm-hmm. the Swedish and Scandinavian bands who are, who have some talent, mm-hmm. they, they don't, uh, you know, they, they push their uh, uh, energy t- towards, you know, Germany or Austria or right. countries like that with the uh, higher populations. So, mm-hmm. uh, no, it's hard to tell. Uh, I think uh, there's a lot of Swedish bands who are bigger in in, uh, in the middle of Europe than in here in Sweden. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and what you said makes perfect sense. Germany is the biggest country in Europe. Yeah. So you you make it in Germany, even if you don't make it in the UK or even the US. If if you make it in Germany you're going to make noise in the U.S. And, and in the U.K. You may not be overly huge, but you could probably make a decent amount of money just by, you know, playing Vakken, playing, you know, certain certain festivals. So, um, Jeremy, with the Orianthi, I think you hit the nail right on the head because the last album, Oh, which is also, this is her, if, you, if you're not counting the, the live albums, uh, the new album, which is called, let's see, Rock Candy, is her second on Frontiers. And I think the album is really good front to back where, you know, I posted, I think, one or two singles on Patreon. And they were they were good, you know, and then I said I was like, OK, well, the last album had the singles were really stood out. And then the rest of the album was kind of okay. You know, nothing really jumped me, nothing that I remember now. But I listened to the entire album. Her guitar playing was on point, like you said. It was fiery in places where it was like, holy shit, this really, really showcases what she can do. And it's hard rock, it's blues, it's pop rock. So it's a mixture of different things, which I thought was really good too, because. You know, she's not just trying to, oh, I'm not just going to, you know, do a Kenny Wayne Shepherd. I'm just, I'm not going to just play to the blues crowd. Um, I'm not just going to have modern rock stuff on here. I'm going to have a little of everything. Mm-hmm. So regardless who my fans are that are going to listen to this, they're going to like it, A. And B, it's also, it's also uh, something so that it makes it, so that you're not listening to one thing after the other that just sounds the same. So I, you know, I give her a lot of credit for this album. It sounds really, really good in my opinion. So, so if you're into yeah, and it, rock, if you're, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying, yeah, I was just going to add. Um, yeah, I mean, it it really showcases all its talents. Like you say, there's a, a broad diversity of sort of songwriting appeal on it. Um, and I think you want to play again, and that that makes a good album, doesn't it? You know, you want to yeah. you want to you play it today, and you play it again. Yeah. Okay. And you brought up Alter Bridge before. Um, I really like their first album, and every album after that has got, for in my opinion, one or two good songs, and the rest I just kind of don't care about you know it seems i was trying to think of this today because they're seen as a really big band obviously because miles kennedy is slash a singer as well tried out to you know he was one of the rumored replacements for um robert plant and led zeppelin and i just you know his voice just doesn't do it for me i love them the music sounds good to me, mm. but the voice just kind of grates me after a while. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I know a lot of people that really enjoy this band, but also at the same time, like when they play here and they play in Spain quite a bit, 
they don't play massive places. You know, they're playing to a thousand people. You know, they're not playing to big theaters. They're not playing arenas. Uh, Alter Bridge in the UK, are they playing big venues? They do, but they tend to, I think they play with other bands as well. Right. So it's not just them, you know, them. They're quite high up on the festival circuit now. Um, mm-hmm. And they do have a following. Um, in fact, the, um, there was an interview in a, in a local magazine this week about them, and it was a big spread on them. Uh, and it, it was actually mentioning that, about how popular. But they're also sort of, um, they're not sort of, uh, you know, they're not that they are are actually quite popular. <clears throat> okay. Um, so, uh, Johan in Sweden, how big is Alter Bridge? Oh, I can't tell. Uh, obviously, I know the band, but uh, they play, of course, the biggest stage on Sweden Rock, but uh, uh, I can't tell in uh, any uh, any other uh, uh, how 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 uh, how big venues they play. So I don't know. Uh, no. Uh, and and if they were big, I would have no. Okay. The, the other thing to say about the venue size as well is that you can you can find out that bands playing maybe at an, an arena style venue out the, a lot of the seats if they don't sell them so you know a, a band can play in something like manchester you know i don't know how it's um up to up to twenty thousand people maybe maybe less than that so you may get a band in there that only play, only fills eight thousand seats but they'll black mm-hmm. out but make it look as if it's quite full in there right. so that's the other thing to say you know it's it's difficult to tell the tickets that be well that's that's what judas priest is doing in the u.s there's mm-hmm. they're playing twenty thousand seat arenas and they're only filling it with like eight to twelve thousand people so they're blacking out the rest of yeah. the venue so it looks like you know the the place is is mostly full so so you're only seeing the people around you basically and as long as you see a crowd of people around you it looks you know, like like uh, like a tremendous show. Um, with with the Skid Row, I mentioned this during my Patreon show today. Um, I've listened to it twice between yesterday and today. I've listened to it quite a bit over the last few weeks uh, from the promo copy. But I think these last two days, where I've been able to get out of the house with it. You know, it's just one of these things, I guess, for me, it's just kind of weird that sometimes if I'm forced to listen to something in front of the computer all the time where it isn't the same, I don't get the same appreciation as if, you know, I take it out in the car or maybe I go for a walk and I'm listening to it where, you know, I'm a little bit more focused on it, I guess. But I I think that the album is better than what I initially felt previous, but it's still it's still lacking that like one big hit that you hear and you go, ah, that's, there it is. That's the one. Um, There's, you know, songs that kind of lean towards it. And it's funny because the song, the title track, I think should have been the first song off of the album because it really has like one of these like fast intros where, and it's high energy. You know, I could perfectly see them playing. This is the first song at a show and really getting people into it, you know, and, and a perfect way to sell the track in the album as well. But um, yeah, I, th- I think, I, I don't know. I, I, if I listen to it a little more, I mean, we're halfway through October. We've got a little bit over, you know, two months Till we talk about the, uh, you know, our 20, 2022 albums of the year, you know, our favorites of the year. Um, I was thinking today, does, does this make my top 10? Is it right outside of the top 10? You know, we're, we're at that point where we have to start 
uh, listening or, or thinking about stuff like that, like what we've listened to. And again, there's been a lot of good stuff that's, that's come out in my opinion, a lot of strong music. So, so we'll see. Um, let's see. The other thing that I wanted to bring up with uh, the, the new Lacuna coil release uh, bands remaking their, their own music. Now we've talked about this a few times and um, um, you know, Johan, we've talked about it within flames, for example, with them redoing Clayman, which was a disaster in my opinion. Yes. Um, has there ever been a point in time where a band has redone their music and you go back to that remake as opposed to the original? Jeremy, have you do you know of anyone where where that's happened for you? Um I would have said that up to about a few weeks ago because as you know, I'm a big fan now Diamond Head have done uh, uh, a remake of the Lightning to the Nations album. They did it with the new, new single. It was a really good, um, a really good album. Uh, they added on a few extras as well because I didn't have the original album. But only in the past week or so, they've actually brought out of the original album. So now you've got the original album and the remake. To be honest, I think I'm now. <laughs> veering towards the original uh, the remaster and, and I don't really now want to get the remake so the answer to your question is I can't think of asked me the question a few weeks ago I would have told you it would be the diamond head one okay Johan for you is there any remake that you can think of that you prefer from a band over an original yes stay hungry tweet the sister Okay. No, 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 Victor. No, <laughs> no, no. Now, uh, actually, uh, I, I thought of this, but I can't think of any band that made that. I, everybody loves the original and the raw, right. even if it's bad. We love <laughs> that. So, no. <laughs> Okay. Uh, now, no, uh, I'm thinking still, but no, not to this point. Okay. Do you think, have you found any? Um, well, th that's funny because you brought up Still Hungry, the remake of Stay Hungry. And there's some, okay, so there are some remakes that I think initially, I guess, for the novelty. I thought that Still Hungry was good, but it was still missing something. I get it. It's heavier, sounded more modern, but there was something missing about the album, you know? Um, I like the unreleased songs from the 70s that they redid uh, because some of those were interesting to hear, but I I'm not sure. Uh, what did you want to say, Johan? Yes. I thought of something. Okay. Uh, and this is uh, uh, perhaps Jeremy is going to be have something to say about this, but uh, Saxon released uh, uh, some kind of a best of thing a couple of years ago, and they remade uh, Princess of the Night and the bands played on. And I don't say that it was better but I think the songs that I mentioned they made pretty good uh, remakes of Princess of the yeah. Night and the band yeah. played on you know yeah. uh, which uh, complication I mean yeah I do I think and the reason is because they're using modern production it's um, you know still Biff singing it through to the old tracks, but they've got they they make it sound richer because the original recordings are thinner sounding. Um, so I think that that's why it comes across better. 
wouldn't. And I, you know, I wouldn't mind if Saxon actually did a couple of their full albums. The, uh, you know, um, it'd be interesting to compare them with the originals. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there there are a few that, for example, um, George Lynch with Lynch Mob did uh, Revolution, where it was around. 2000s, so a lot of bands were really down-tuning, changing tunings and different things. So he took some of his Dokken material and some of his earlier Lynch Mob material, and he kind of rearranged the songs with heavier tuning and whatnot. And some of the stuff sounded cool. Uh, some of it just didn't work. Um, Whitesnake, how many times have they recorded Here I Go Again? Mm. You know, there's there's what, like two, three versions of that where they've recorded different variations over the years. Um, you have uh, Iron Maiden has done that as well because they've done Charlotte the Harlot with Bruce singing. And um, is it Prowlers, the other one, maybe with Bruce singing? Um, I don't remember. But uh, Metal Dan, who we have in the chat, as mentioning that uh, Miles Kennedy holds back Alter Bridge and Slash. He also says Midnight Dynamite, I guess, is a remake. See, I'm not a big Kicks fan, so the only version that I know of Midnight Dynamite is off of the album Midnight Dynamite, so I'm not sure if they redid it. Um, and then he's saying that Still Hungry did not work, so... There you go. I mean, it's it's hard when something has an emotional connection to you and there's nostalgia involved. It's difficult to have, you know, a new version. Even think of live albums because live albums are a combination of greatest hits and, you know, updated variations of songs. Um, how many How many newer live albums do you listen to and think, oh, man, that live, that live version of that track is just so good. That's the that's the version I'm going to listen to now. That, that at least for me, that hardly ever happens. You know, um, there can be times where, and and I'll say this: um, the Halford live album that he did around 2001, the Rock and Rio where he redid, you know, a bunch of fight songs, a bunch of Judas Priest songs. That to me is a little different because they're not the same all. Okay, sure. He's got breaking the law and you've got another thing coming, but at the same time, he's doing obscure songs. So it's kind of cool to hear some of those songs in a live setting, as opposed to maybe getting a Ozzy live album or a kiss live album where, you know, 14 of 15 songs you've already heard on every other live album that, that they've released. So, okay. So, so metal Dan is clarifying that they redid the album and let's see, uh, clean vocals can be heard better kicks my midnight dynamite album. Okay. Makes sense. I mean, that's, that's another thing. Well, here's another one. Testament. Uh, Testament redid most of their first two albums. And when I had Chuck Billy on years ago, he said that he hates his first two albums. He said that for the most of the band does because they feel that the production sucks. That if you listen to, if you go back and you listen to albums by Metallica or Megadeth or Slayer or Anthrax or other bands, that the production is timeless so it makes the these songs sound great, and that they also fought in the studio a lot with the producer. I think it may have been Alex Perialis, um, with regarding the sound on the album, and they didn't get the sound that they wanted. So they re-recorded the songs the way that they wanted them to sound because they felt that they sounded um, a lot closer to the live album, or excuse me, the live how they play the songs live. So there's the, there's that. Um, Johan, have you heard the, uh, because now this Testament album has like three or four different names. Uh, originally it was called first strike still deadly, I think. And since then they've, they've changed the title 
like once or twice. So it's it's a lot of music off of the first two albums just done at this point 20 years ago where they re-recorded them. And this is what kind of helped bring the original or at least bring Alex Skolnick back into the band. No, I haven't heard it. Uh I'm not the biggest Testament fan, but okay. I am I but I really like Testament. I saw them right. uh, opening for Maiden at uh, Stockholm in uh, 1990, 91 okay. perhaps. Uh, uh, Fear of the Rock Tour. Okay. Yeah, but uh, since then I, I liked them, but not the biggest fan. But then they released an album and I can't remember the name of it uh, a couple of years ago, and it was so good. And Jeremy, you have mentioned that album uh, somewhere. Um, oh, is that the one with Rise Up on it? Uh, yes. Um, Dark Roots? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Great yeah. album. What a metal yeah. album. Yeah. But, but there's something, and I said it. I think I said it before in this podcast. Uh, there's something about Megadeth. They are so good in everything except writing a hook or a good <laughs> chorus. They have everything, but they can't make a hit or at least a small hit. Uh, yeah, that's their problem. But I love the sound of this band. They are so good. Yeah, I think they've tried, but yeah. it just doesn't that doesn't doesn't happen. So um okay. So there's rumors going around that John Five has left Rob Zombie's band and that he's replacing Mick Mars in Motley Crew. Um obviously two totally different guitarists. John five can play pretty much everything. I would think that he wouldn't have a problem fitting in there, but would people go to see Motley Crue with John five? I mean, I don't know that that's a selling point for people. Um, do you guys think that that would work? Jeremy, do you think John five with Motley Crue would work? Um, I'm not massive on John Five, I don't know much about him personally, but and you know, I've always thought of Motley Crue as as the four together. Um, I don't like the idea; it doesn't sound great to me. You know, being a Motley Crue fan, I I want want to see Motley Crue, and I don't want to start seeing members leave because I just think, well, Motley Crue are right at the end of the career, and obviously they have had a you know a a singer change down the road. Um, I think now it doesn't sound great. But having said that, you know, you, know, you, you could turn up and see him live and make a form, and, and you, you know, you're concentrating on the songs and, and, and having a good time. So who knows? It just sounds a little bit odd to me. Um, and, and as I say, I don't know a hell of a lot about. It. He's not something that I've really. You know, taken a huge amount of notes off from here in the UK. Really, have you ever heard the David Lee Roth album DLR Band? Yes. Yeah, that's John Five. Okay. 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 Well, you know, sums up the fact that Dave's so in your face, and I've only <laughs> it's a long time to the list, so you know, probably did notice it at the time. But never really took it in. Yeah. Um, so let's see. He's played with Katie Lang. He's played with David Lee Roth. He's recorded other stuff with Dave that hasn't come out yet. I don't know why. Uh, but I guess Wolfgang, with everything that he's been saying, would probably lend itself to Dave for whatever reason, not wanting to put it out. Um, played with Marilyn Manson, played with um, Rob Zombie for some time and done a lot of solo instrumental stuff. I mean, he's he's a ridiculous player, but I mean, I don't know if that would be, if that would make fans not want to see them, you know? 
Uh, do do they lose their luster without McMars? So, uh, Johan, do you think Motley Crue with John Five instead of McMars is that exciting to you, or does it not matter? Uh, I think it's would not matter but as jeremy said i didn't know who he was either because i don't think he was a big guy here in europe uh and actually thanks to talking metal back in 2008 or Mm 9 that's the first time i've heard of him okay uh so and I still don't know who is. I don't know who Buckethead is either, <laughs> to be honest. You know, I know who he is, but I, you know, that's guys that know. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a European thing. I've not got so used to these these names. We've heard of them, but we don't know okay. them. You know, we're not as, as others are in, in the metal world, really. Here's, yeah. here's another one. After, uh, well, between Fight and Halford, Rob Halford had a band called Two. The guitarist in Two was John Five as well. So Two was technically John Five and, and Rob Halford. And then there's Ray Riendu, who ended up playing in Halford, came from Two as well. And I don't remember who the drummer was. I mean, they never did any formal like touring or anything, but, uh, yeah, he's John five is a, is a sick player. Uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'd rather see uh, like, uh, you know, Warren Demartini or something, a guy like that on guitar in, in Motley Crue, hmm. a guy from that, uh, period of time. Yeah. yeah, fam- yeah. Uh, some kind of famous guy from that time, like Axel Rose did in ACDC. Why not? Right. Let's go. And, <laughs> and, is, and is Mick actually leaving because of his ill health? Is it, is it his age? You know? I, I have no idea. They're really, ha- I mean, it's all been speculation. So we don't know exactly what's going on. But um, mm. yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. But. Um, I guess they've all fallen out again after being on tour for so long and saying they'd they'd stop and then. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this I I was talking to uh, Chris from Decibel Geek the other day on the phone, and I said, "Hey, maybe Mick has enough, you know, fu money that he can, he you know, he says, you know what, I just needed to do this tour." I'm retiring. I have enough money to, you know, for the next 20 years, if I live that long. Um, so I'm not putting up with any of these people anymore. You know, I don't know. I don't know if that's uh, the case, but, uh, you know, it makes you wonder. Sounds highly plausible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I made a, a, a post on Patreon as well earlier this week about the um, top 600 uh, streaming artists on Spotify. Uh, Ryan J. Downey posted about this, or he actually sent the information out on his stream and destroy newsletter. And um, I mean, for the most part, if, if we look at the, it's split up into um Songs that have been streamed over a billion times. And I mean, the well, there's Queen, there's um, 21 Pilots, there's Nirvana, Journey, Guns N' Roses, Panic at the Disco, Maniskin, which which surprised me, Linkin Park, ACDC, Bon Jovi, and Red Hot Chili. Victor, Victor, yes. what is Tup? Stressed out, Tup. Heavens. That's uh, 21 Pilots. What is that band? Yeah, well, that's a band that's huge in the U.S. and has, like, no following or very little following in Europe. I mean, that's a band that, you know, they fall into the John 5 category for me because living in Europe, I haven't really 
heard of them. I've heard of them, but I've never really heard their music. So I Jeremy, saw there. Do you know them? I have heard the name, but I, I wouldn't be able to tell you any of their music. Uh, no, they're not. You know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, exa- for example, the, the, the Panic at the Disco song, High Hopes. I know that song because my kids play that uh, all the time. That song because it was in a, it was in a video game, and they have it on uh, you know in their Apple Music playlist, and they play that song all the time. So that one I know, but Twenty One Pilots surprised me. I mean, that's they've got two and three on this list. You know, they're uh, down for let's see, uh, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They've got the eighth song on here as well. You know, so that. That really surprised me. Um, but then the other interesting thing is that monthly listens, they're farther down the list than what I expected for having over a billion streams. You know, but I guess this is considering last month, maybe. But um, uh, real quickly here, let me just mention this. It's Queen, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Guns N' Roses, Linkin Park, ACDC, Nirvana, Metallica. Panic at the Disco, uh, Bon Jovi, Green Day, Maniskin, 21 Pilots, Fallout Boy, Aerosmith, Paramore, Led Zeppelin, Foo Fighters, Journey, Pink Floyd, and Brad's favorite, Machine Gun Kelly. So um, that, that to me was interesting. The other thing, too, because uh, the next kind of quote unquote big band that I listed here was kiss. And I, I listed that for a reason because a lot of the bands that are beneath them have sold more albums than kiss has. Kiss has put out a lot of music, but for example, Motley Crue has outsold kiss. Um, Guns and roses has outsold kiss with just appetite for destruction. Uh, so Van Halen has outsold kiss. So on and so forth. So it's interesting that Kiss is at 12 million, to 12.8 million streams. Ghost is right behind them. Then Weezer, Scorpions. Scorpions outstreams Van Halen, Slipknot, Black Sabbath, Ramstein, Ozzy Osbourne, Korn, Iron Maiden, Motley Crue, Def Leppard. That to me is, is pretty interesting as well. Obviously, Scorpions is a band that is still touring to pretty big houses, I would think. Um, They're touring the U.S. to fairly filled arenas. But also I started to think because Scorpions, more so than Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, and even Judas Priest, have always had radio hits in the U.S., whether it's No One Like You, uh, Rock You Like a Hurricane, Still Loving You, and even like more quote unquote obscure songs, the zoo holiday, um, coast to coast, um, big city nights, bad boys running wild. So they have songs that have been played quite a bit on the radio, both in the U S and Europe more so than if, if you think of, of maiden, at least in the U S outside of run to the Hills, maybe number of the beast, not until the nineties that you started hearing the trooper and aces high and two minutes to midnight on regular radio. Now you had to wait till after 10 o'clock at night to hear this music. So, and Def Leppard who was enormous in the United States is behind them. So even with releasing that awesome new album, uh, diamond, uh, star, Halos, uh, diamond shit halos. Diamond shit halos. Yes. So, again, Scorpions released a monster new album this year, and I think that shows. Look at how many people are streaming it. So even if it's, you know, even older fans that are maybe listening to this at work, because I think you also have to factor in the age demographic of the listener. Because I think if you look at a Kiss and an Iron Maiden and and bands like that, um, their demographic is probably listening to their music more on CD 
um, than than streaming, perhaps. So even even for that, for Kiss to be that high, I think is impressive because of that, because they're they're out streaming a lot of their contemporaries. They're also out streaming, you know, other bands that I would expect to be a lot a lot higher. I mean, if you think about kids, kids are probably the number one streamers out there. Greta Van Fleet, you know, they have a fourth of the number of streams that Kiss does. So that to me was was pretty surprising. Uh, Alter Bridge is is way down that list. You know, there are others. Clutch is way down that list, for example. Ace Freely, for everyone that says, oh, Kiss needs Ace Freely to, uh, to do good or, or to tour everywhere. Kiss, 12.8 million streams, one month. Ace Freely, 775,000 streams. That's a huge difference. So from a business standpoint, much as I love Ace, doesn't seem like they need Ace to, uh, for people to list to them. My, you know, the other thing also to take into consideration is that since Ace is, major- is mostly playing Kiss music live, he's kind of promoting Kiss as well, more so than his own music. So that's also his fault, but, you know. Anyway, well, what do you guys think of these streaming numbers? Johan? Oh, I don't know. It's stream. I, I, I have no, there's nothing to say, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I'm not part of it, you know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no that's, that's fine. Uh, people listen to uh, good music and bad music, so no, I, 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 I can't uh, comment on that. It's uh, no, no, thank you, Jeremy. Why do you <laughs> please tell me if you listen to yeah. what do your opinion? Save Johan, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's probably a lot of ones, but I think you've mentioned a few. Um, one is whether a band's touring or not. So you've got, mm-hmm. you know, let's say that you know there's only a few thousand people in each place that they play, but eleven thousand people at every concert, and out of that five thousand, three thousand or four thousand down, download a, a song to listen to because they liked what they heard, or there was a track that they heard live, and then they go a bit deeper and they they. They look at back catalogs and listen to more of the music. They're into the band, and you know it's really popular. So I think touring's a big thing. I think that there is a general. You know, um, you, you're looking at the bands, and you're, you're looking at two generations. At, um, you know, so you've got the younger streamers and the older streamers. Uh, you know, the older ones being us and bands as well, but not not everyone does. Uh, um, I think it's uh, uh, there's other facts actually be used in an advert that week on TV, and so suddenly you know Metallica is being used, and and then people think, oh, I haven't heard that track for a while. I must download it, and then I kind of want to play that track. So that you know, there's a lot of different influences, and you know, different places. It let's say it could be on adverts, it could be at the cinema. Cinema could be in a film, you know, and it's got music in it, which is by a band like Journey, uh, or, or it's you're on a TV uh, singing Journey, uh, right? Um, and you know, you're thinking, oh, I love Don't Stop Believing, you know. Then you again, right. you want you want to hear their new album, and you want to hear some of the old stuff. There's so much, and it can really influence the numbers in. Into very high numbers and drives something right up. They Queen are always up there anyway, right? Regardless of whether they're heard or whether they're not the most popular band. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Don't Stop Believing became huge again 
partly because of the Sopranos. I mean, that helped that song shoot up to it's it's the most purchased digital song of the the digital era. That has a lot to do with it. Then they did it on Glee. Then, you know, they do it on, you know, on your Got Talents and on Idol This, Idol That. So, you know, somebody sees somebody sing that song and, hey, don't stop believing. I want to check it out. And then, of course, first thing there is the Journey version. So they check that out. And like you're saying, all right, down the rabbit hole. (laughs) Let's see what else this band has to offer. So. Uh, smart marketing on their behalf. <laughs> so, um, go ahead, Johan. Yeah, uh, this uh, list is this a uh, uh, list of uh, the, where, what everyone listens to? Um, it's or is it just rock? No, this is just rock. This is ah. just w- what he's done. Is he's separated out um he says it in his newsletter uh hard rock metal and punkish music oh, yeah, yeah, is what yeah, he yeah, picks out yeah 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 because yeah, a lot of times in his newsletter what he'll do is he'll post pop music and he mentioned it when i interviewed him because he's managed bands um also done i believe pr work and tour managing and people will say, hey, you know, why aren't we getting, you know, you're not doing your job right because we're not getting the amount of streams or whatever that we're supposed to. And what he, he's done is, okay, let's compare this to what pop acts are getting. So you're getting, you know, 200,000 streams a week on Spotify. Uh, but this pop artist is getting five million a week. So within the market, within your niche, you're actually doing really good. But if you compare it to pop music, whoever's on top of the charts, it's really, you know, it's kind of apples and oranges. So to get from being one of, you know, let's say a Maniskin who's become up the ranks the last two years. Um, if a band like that all of a sudden says, Hey, you know, why aren't we number one everywhere? You know, well, you know, number one, you know, you're doing good within rock music, but within all types of music, you're number 200, you know, Mm. it's, 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 it's a different, it's, it's a completely different game. So, um, Let's see. Metal Dan is saying, all I do is stream now. Apple Music, download albums for offline. Uh, Maybe purchase one or two CDs a year. Yeah, um, I stream a lot. I purchase, if I like something enough, I purchase it on vinyl. If the vinyl isn't available, then I'll, you know, get the CD if I really like it. So um, another thing that I wanted to bring up before we wrap things up here is uh, Bloodstock, which is a festival that's near and dear to Jeremy's heart. Been there, he's been there several times. Has begun to announce their 2023 lineup. Jeremy, have you seen anything yet? No, you're going to enlighten me, hopefully. <laughs> okay, awesome. So at the moment, Friday the 11th, it says. Um, okay, so August 11th, they've only announced the 11th, 12th, and 13th. They do have an August 10th listed, but no bands listed for that yet. So, Friday the 11th on the Ronnie James Dio stage is Kill Switch Engage, In Flames, Fit for an Autopsy, and I can't read the logo of the last band. Um, on the Sophie Lancaster stage for that day is White Chapel and Nonpoint. So, Jeremy, does that excite you? The, any of those bands? Yeah, it's not not enough to get me going to all on that day. To be honest, no, I'm not a massive okay. switching game. Okay, uh, Johan, would any of those bands? I mean, I would think maybe In Flames would would make you want to go that day. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I would go to UK if there were not any bands there. So, uh, <laughs> excellent country. No, but uh, jokes aside, uh, In Flames, great. I haven't listened to Kill Switch Engage. And the other bands fit for an autopsy. No, I can't read the last yeah, band. <laughs> <laughs> but I, if you're speaking to festivals, uh, summer of two, uh, 2023, mm-hmm. uh, Maiden seems to be uh, going to the festivals uh, next yeah. year. So uh, probably we're looking forward to see them as we rock. Okay. Uh, and that sounds nice. Just a rumor, but I oh, think they've, they... they've announced some dates already they have for Maiden. So I'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Let's see. Um, yeah. So Saturday the 12th, Ronnie James Dio stage is Anthrax, Devil Driver, Knocked Loose, and Sophie Lancaster stage is uh, Zeal and Ardor, King 810, and troll fest, uh, Jeremy. Any of these making you go yeah. out to the festival? Okay. Yeah, I'd like to see Anthrax live. Yeah. Okay, Johan, Anthrax. Any other bands that I just listed interest you? No, but Anthrax is uh, just enough. Great band. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Um. Let's see. Sunday the thirteenth. Megadeth, Decapitated, Sepultura, Ugly Kid Joe, on the Sophie Lancaster stage, on to others, and Church of Cosmic Skull. Uh, Johan has a big smile on his face. Johan? Yeah, on to others, of course. (laughs) Uh, And Church of Cosmic Skull, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but absolutely unto others. They are going to perform pro- probably at every festival this summer in Europe. Okay. Uh, Jeremy, any of these pique your interest? Yeah. Well, well Megadeth, because the, the new album's React Play Live. Uh, and also Ugly Kid Show, I think, would be really, uh, really good. It'd be quite good fun, especially probably on a, a tea time slot by the side. Sounds of it, so that'll be good. All right, so so here we go. So I try to look up the Maiden tour, and the first one, two, three links are all ticket scalpers. So, and and I know that the excuse is, oh, we're 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 resale sites. Yeah, you're scalpers. StubHub, Tickwit Lick. Ticket Liquidator and Via Gogo. So, all right. So, right now, a Metal Dan just mentioned that so far, Maiden is just arena shows. So, this is what um, Maiden is doing. So, uh, two dates in Krakow in Poland at uh, Turan Arena, Zurich, Sweden, uh, Dublin, Ireland. For for Anthony Mackey, uh, three arena, Glasgow, Scotland, Leeds, first direct arena. What type of accent do they have up in Leeds, uh, Jeremy? Well, it's a it's a Yorkshire accent, isn't it? Yorkshire. <laughs> uh, then the AO Arena in Manchester. Yeah, and I got my tickets today. <laughs> there you go. Uh, then down to Nottingham, Birmingham, two dates at the O2 Arena in London, uh, Amsterdam, uh, Antwerp, Belgium, Milan, Italy, and Wednesday, well, it says uh, Wednesday the 2nd through Saturday the 5th, Wacken. So what does that mean? Maiden's playing every single day at Vakken? Is that are they going to be playing full albums in their entirety? Um, 
Let's see if if we can make the stars align for Johan. Sweden Rock 2023. Do they have dates yet? From the mm. 7th to the 10th of June. Yeah. Um, there are no dates yet before the 13th of June. So it is very possible that Iron yeah. Maiden could bring future past tour to Sweden rock. I would guess so. That would be, that would be exciting. Wouldn't it? Yeah. To see them there again. Absolutely. They were great. I think that, uh, the audience at Sweet Rock are hoping for Ramstein, but uh, absolutely, Maiden would okay. be the second best. Absolutely. How um, how many times have you seen Iron Maiden live? Uh, over 10, 12, 15, I don't know. Jeremy? It, it cut out. What did you say? Uh, uh, four. Four. Okay. Yeah. Can you hear me? All right. Yeah, I, I can. We can hear you now. Um, I have seen them once. <laughs> I saw them. I've seen them with Queensryche and, and Rob Halford opening up. Mm-hmm. So back in uh, uh, 2000. So, yeah. Yeah. That sounds a great show, actually. Yeah. That was that was an awesome show. It was beyond ridiculous. Um let's see. So uh hey Bill Elam is chiming in. Uh good to see you as well, Bill. Uh unfortunately we have come to the end of the show tonight. <laughs> I do want to appreciate or do want to thank Johan and Jeremy for being on and um, Brad Dahl just happens to show up as, as we're closing things. He's forgetting he's on retirement time. Um, Brad, we'll, t- we'll talk to you in a second off air because then you'll never let us uh, close the show out one second. Um, but anyway, I do want to thank Johan and Jeremy for being here. Uh, it is always great to talk to you guys and uh Become a patron this first hour every week uh, is the guaranteed hour where we'll be on here and it will be uh, just patrons talking uh, music, discussing different topics, uh, unless there's someone who insists that I need to interview them during the first hour and then we may switch things up. But we'll we'll play that by ear. Anyway, want to thank everyone who chimed in, Bill Elam, Metal Dan. Brad Dahl, who's in the green room right now. Uh, Anyone else who's watching live or um, listening or watching to the replay, thank you very much for checking the show out. As I like to say, you could be watching a million other things or listening to a million other things, but you choose to spend your time with us. And that really means a lot. Uh, On that note, we end the show. Thanks, everyone. And we will see you next week with maybe an interview or two. We'll see. So, all right. See you guys. Thank you for listening to the Signals from Mars podcast. You can subscribe to the show on all your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. Go to signalsfrommars.com for more information. This concludes our show.